welcome to Vineyard KC West podcast. For more information, visit us at vineyardkcwest.com. Well, good morning. My name is Nathan Mardick, and uh, it's, it's good to, to be here this morning when, when Cody reached out and, and asked uh, if, I could, if I could come and share a word while he was serving this morning up at Vineyard North and, and of course, in a series on Moses. Um, I said, yeah, give me some Moses. And uh, this has been a great series, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad to, to see what God wants to do with us this morning. I hope you are too. So as we um, continue on in the series, I just, I just enjoy you know, digging deeper into this life of, of Moses and, and just how it, it continues to relate to each of us. And we saw last week that Cody described this movement from fear to faith and the long journey through and ultimately we'll see the Israelites out of the wilderness. The Israelites, they were allowed by God to move on, to move forward, but along the way it was a shaky dance between God and his people. And while there had been many signs and wonders, they were, they were still learning, really learning to trust each other. And you know, it's easy um, to read about the Israelites and, and their struggles and pass judgment and say, hey, you witnessed the Red Sea parted and you walked right through it. And you're still not following God with your entire being? Well, I have to ask myself, did I, did I read the word every day last week? Did I pray enough every day last week? You know, we're, we're a selfish people by nature. We have selfish tendencies, and it's been that way since we fell in the garden. And it's not changing anytime soon. And as we heard Cody talk about this, this idea of fear, there is still some, some value in it. God is almighty and, and an all-powerful God. And However, he never intended for our lives to be spent cowering in the corner. He longs for us to trust him so completely so that our faith will just pour out. It will just overflow across our lives as we move from this idea of fear to faith. So this week, we continue to explore this relationship between God and Moses, and we're going to be in Exodus 33, 1 through 18, where we see God step to the side. He will never step away for those who move from fear to faith, but he does desire to walk beside us, to be in our presence, just as he teaches us how to be in his so this, uh, this series is covering a lot of ground. Um, we're, we're jumping around a little bit. So Cody spent some time last week back in the 14th chapter and what the Exodus means in our own lives. And we're going to fast forward through many years that are covered in Exodus 15 through 31 where we see God providing for his chosen people in the wilderness. The challenges at times of his people understanding and respecting just their basic needs being fulfilled out of blessing 
favor. And in those, these chapters, Moses, he headed up the mountain only to come down with the foundation of how society should be operating, the Ten Commandments. And then the people, they, they get short-sighted again, as we all do in our lives. And they make an idol to worship rather than worshiping the God that is still in the process of delivering them. In the 32nd chapter, we, we would read about questions that begin to rise that, where is this guy Moses? What has he done for me lately? This God of his, is he getting it done? And it brings us to, to chapter 33, where we're going to spend some time today. And uh, we'll, the first uh, 10 verses, we've got a video uh, reading that we're going to share. Then the Lord said to Moses, leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt, and go up to the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites. So go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. But I will not go with you because you are a stubborn and rebellious people, and I might destroy you on the way. And when the people heard these distressing words, they began to mourn, and no one put on any ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, Tell the Israelites, you are a rebellious and stubborn people. If I were to go with you, even for a moment, I might destroy you. Now take off your ornaments, and I will decide what to do with you. So the Israelites stripped off their ornaments at Mount Horeb. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrance to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to his tent. So... In that first 10 verses here in the 33rd chapter, I don't think God could be any more clear in his messaging. Go and I ain't going with you because you won't listen to me anyway. Right? It sounds like, you know, I hear this and it sounds like something I heard at some point from my parents growing up. You're not going to listen anyway. Why should I keep trying? You know, God was, was forced to be strict because he had just given... So many chances. And the Israelites, of course, you know, they hear this and, you know, they're going to be scared and they're going to complain of this, this news. And after all, they were headed for that ultimate prize, the promised land. They were so hungry to win what had rightfully been theirs. And in the NIV version, if, it says if it, if it weren't for those stiff necks, 
stubbornness. In, in verses 9 and 11, what we just heard read, we, we again see how God meets very personally with Moses. The, the pillar of the cloud that comes down and, and God and Moses are having an ex, you know, serious exchanges, which, which offers this, uh, I think, tremendous irony to me, um, that we hear this saying used often in our culture. And, and we hear it from, from folks that are in the church or even folks that the, the, the church and God and Jesus aren't even that big of a part of their lives yet. And, and even though this, this occurrence clearly precedes the life and death of Jesus, I think this interaction between God and Moses is the truest representation of a come-to-Jesus meeting. You know, just this, this, this moment of just being absolute face-to-face with God. And, but we've got to remember that Moses listened closely. But you know what? God listened to God listened to. And, and God was pushing Moses to, to think differently and, and get the Israelites to think differently. The favor of God and eventually the promised land was, in many cases, just being viewed at the, as a prize at the end of the journey. And we take action often in our lives based on rewards, maybe without even realizing the correlation that from time to time. So we enter this world. We cry and somebody probably fed us. Do your chores and maybe you'll get an allowance. Clean your plate. Get some dessert. The prize for what we're taught as victory. And victory, oh, the sweet, sweet taste of victory. Believe it or not, Robin Dando is on faculty at Cornell University, actually conducted a study that had fans taste ice cream following a sporting event. When their team won, the data supported the notion that the taste of the ice cream was recorded as more sweet. When the team lost, the people said, more people said it tasted sour. The exact same ice cream each time. Maybe, this, maybe the taste of victory really is sweet. It's so ingrained in our minds. There's so much stacked against us when it comes to our appetite for the prize. From a young age, it's, it's just... It's just poured into us to react to incentive, driven to strive towards a victory, towards the prize. And as we grow, as we mature, the prize of a bigger paycheck, the prize of a better house, the prize of a faster car, all of these are just laid at the doorstep into the world. The chase after this prize is intense. The endorphins kick in and that victory just feels so good. But have you ever noticed how quickly you forget what it even felt like? The shine of this prize wears off and our minds and our hearts are already just trying 
just trying to catch the smallest glimpse of the next prize on the horizon. Chasing the worldly prize is a never-ending, never-satisfying endeavor. Chasing the worldly prize is a never-ending, never-satisfying endeavor. So where do we go? What do we do? We can learn from Moses and his movement personally and that of the Israelites from this idea of prize to presence. As we move into verses 11 through 18, we begin to see how Moses was in the presence of God. Starting in verse 11, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young age, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Another amazing exchange of a father and a son, the God and his beloved. It's hard at, at times, I think, for us to understand what Moses would have experienced in these intimate moments with God. We, we can easily give in to the notion that Moses was just destined. He was called by God. God spoke directly to him in the burning bush, on the mountain, and again, in these verses. But I promise, I promise you that God wants to speak with us. God wants to show us His way. But we must, we must, however, be willing to live in His presence. We have to move into and live in His presence. Ken Boa, an author, talking about living in the presence of God, said this, to be motivated to live in the presence of God, we have to believe that the good life is really found in Him and Him alone. With Him is true freedom and fullness of joy. Far from being scary or boring or an angry tyrant, God is life itself. And life in Him is the most fulfilling one we can live. So let's, every day, let's, let's focus on it. Leave behind this pursuit of the prize and just breathe deeply. Just take that moment to breathe deeply the Holy Spirit. Let your soul just be, just be consumed by love and forgiveness and joy and that absolute power of God. See, there's power and there's freedom in the relentless efforts that it's going to take for each of us to, 
to be in the presence of God and of Jesus. And we, and we see this from the words of Paul in the New Testament. Paul writes to the Philippians in chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. He says this, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Become like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Now that I've already obtained, obtained all this, or have, sorry, not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Paul wanted to be in the presence of Jesus and of God, and, and he wanted the people, the Philippians, as he was teaching, and he's still teaching us right now. He wants it for us, just as God also wants to be in the presence of Paul and in the presence of us. It is just so much larger than, than a prize. The true reward in this life is, is the pursuit of dwelling with God and He with us. But why, when, when it's so ingrained in us to, to, to just push forward, to, to find the prize and, and, and push for this next victory, but why should we give up on this pursuit when that, that prize is so sweet and it tastes so good? Will the presence of God, will this presence be enough? Exodus 33, 14 through 17 says this, The Lord replied to Moses, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me, and with your people, unless you go with us. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked, because I'm pleased with you, and I know you by name. Let it soak in. God wants to be pleased with you, with me, and and know you by name. And if you, if you can't feel the love of God in those words, you got to wake up. Check that pulse. That is, that is the victory, folks. That's it. That is the victory. But we know as we've, as we've gone through this, this series on Moses, that the people of Israel, they've faced so many challenges. They've, challenges. they've fallen away from God so many times, just like you and just like me. Yet God grants his favor to all who are pursuing this life in his presence. The stress, the stress around us is tremendous <laughs> right now, right? I mean, everything that is going on in our world, I have a, a five-year-old and a three-year-old, and they're going to 
It's just, it's such a, it's just such a big part of their life. And it, there's no way they'll forget it. I don't think any of us will, and, and it'll be in the history books. It'll, it'll be taught in classes what has happened just in, in months to the entire world. There's no place that hasn't been touched by, by just the strain, the stress, this pain, the individual things at the micro level for you, for others that we know, from job stability to elections to how are our kids going to learn? Are they learning? An emptiness that we sometimes feel even when we, when we think we've won the prize. Let's try to walk away. <laughs> Let's try to walk away from that rat race of the world and that has convinced us that it's going to satisfy And then we walk directly into the unbounded, sunlight-filled, unconditional love of God's presence. I want to ask the the worship team to, to come back as we get ready to close this morning. And you may be thinking that um, Moses was, was, one of these great figures in the entire Bible. Well, he was, right? But it also, it, we tend to put him up here and on this, on this pedestal that we feel like Moses will always be up here and we're somewhere down here. Can, can I ever attain that? And I just don't always, we maybe can't always process how, how is this really going to apply to me, to my brokenness, to my failures? Never, ever, ever forget that the Moses who lived in the presence of God was the same guy who said, I'm not eloquent enough. He told God, I'm not good enough to lead. He told God, I am not your guy. He told God, find somebody else. He did everything he did could. Moses did everything he could to avoid the calling of God for his life. He was far. I'm convinced Moses would have been way, way more happy chasing the prize of selling the fattest sheep. Would have been a lot easier. But are you truly happy chasing the prize? Whatever that prize is, whatever that world is, Hold you your prizes. Are you truly happy? And when you get there, what about the next prize? What about the next one after that? And the one after that? So this morning, I just, I really want you to to put yourself in this moment. And, and you may say, well, I don't, I don't know what it means. I don't understand what this, this concept of, of being in the presence is. And, and I really want you to, to visualize, to just take a step, to step in. You're here today. You're, you're listening from home, wherever you are in the world. 
and it's for a reason. He's not a God of coincidence. There's purpose in absolutely everything that God touches. Step in to his presence through the redemption of Jesus. It's the only way. You're stepping in. And Jesus is that bridge. You don't have to be prepared. You don't have to be free from your pain. You don't have to be happy. Just step in and God will prepare you. God will give you comfort. God will bring the joy. This 18th verse, it's, uh, I think it might be one of my favorite in, uh, in all of scripture. And I don't think there's any, any better way to, uh, to close out. If we read the 17th verse just before it again. And, and the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you. And I know you by name. And Moses said, now show me your glory. Now show me your glory. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, show us your glory, God. That's that's all we can ask, God, that no matter where we are, God, if If we're close to you, God, we want to step further in this morning, God, that if if we've known you and, and we have this relationship, God, help us to have more faith to step in even further. And God, this morning, if anyone is feels far away, God, that, that feels broken, that God that has never made this move towards your presence, God, whether they're here, whether they're at home. God, let it be today to take this step, to step in to this presence, God. Give courage. Give strength. Because, God, it's, we're having a hard time finding it. A lot of us are having a hard time finding it, God, right now in, in a world that's throwing so much at us so quickly. But God, we know, we know that you're bigger. We know that you're stronger. We know that you're the healer, God and the redeemer. We want to step in. Now show us, God, now show us your glory. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening this week. If you're looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, please visit vineyardkcwest.com.